Episode 86. Nothing is created or destroyed it just changes in form. Brought to you by the Universal Law Number 3. Abundance. Nothing is missing it just changes in form. There is a pre-selection process that takes price as people rise to the top of any field of endeavor. The question becomes can they handle the pressure? As somebody drives past you in the Rolls Royce and you think to yourself that arrogant bastard has got a fancy car the question you might be better to ask yourself is how much pressure have they had to endure to get there? There is an old saying in the inner wealth work which is the size of your questions determines the size of your life. One person is worried about how to catch the bus and they are enduring incredible stress as a result, another person is worrying about the next billion dollar repayment on the company loan account. The size of the question doesn't change the volume of the stress. The size of the question determines what that individual is actually going to achieve. One person, using their store of stress resilience catches a bus the other determines the future of thousands of people by worrying about money and the loan. Not only does the size of your question determine the size of your life, the size of your vision determines the size of your question. So if your vision is to catch the bus and get to work and get paid and come home and make dinner and have a good time that's great. That vision determines the size of the things that will stress you such as, breakages, missing the bus, what people think about you and more and more. It is not wrong it is just a decision you're going to make in your life as to whether you want to make a local impact and change the lives of your nuclear family or whether you want to change the world. There is a cost and there is a sacrifice and there is a decision to be made. Can you do both? What is always recognized in the world of performance and human endeavor is that if you shoot for the stars you may land on the moon and that's not a bad place to be. But if you shoot for the front doorstep and you land on the back doorstep that may not be the best outcome. So you are encouraged to shoot for the stars. That's the inner wealth philosophy on vision inspiration and purpose. Shoot for the stars you might land on the moon and in the process you will impact the lives of everything in between. But if you turn the focus towards the in-between you will never arrive at the stars or the moon or even the launch pad. Not a matter of writing wrong. We all die at the end. Nothing any parent does is right it is just what every parent does. No adult will ever say their parents were perfect, nor does even being a really bad parent lead to the conclusion that the parent didn't do their best. It's a failed process for a while until people grow up and realize for themselves the sacrifice a parent made. But this leads to a second problem. When blame transfers from parents causing all the problems an individual might be experiencing, blame transfers to somebody else. Transfers to a partner, a career, children, God or universe or ultimately self. And here is a major intersection in people's lives where they have blamed their parents and suddenly realize that the parent is not to blame after all. This is called a midlife crisis and although it is never in the middle of life it is still a crisis that takes place. Who am I going to blame for my problems? No matter who it is, or what decision we make about blame, it is a double negative. Firstly we are judging that something went wrong, not the way we expected, and secondly, we are accusing somebody of being the cause of it. And so we end up with a double negative which is basically a reinforcing process. Very similar to virtual intelligence. There is a spiral that people go on down and down into the dark trying to allocate blame. Do you agree that nothing can come from nothing? Before something there must be something. Before a decision there must be thinking irrespective of how brief that thinking was. Before a car crash there must have been negative energy or energy or momentum that transformed into the crash. Nothing can come from nothing. A guilty person makes angry statements, the guilt came before the anger and before the guilt there was a thought that caused it. If you trace everything backward in this way, you will always arrive at one single place, thought. Even the Big Bang cannot come from nothing, there must have been that energy somewhere and if you need an origin that must be a thought. What a powerful thought it must have been. Thought is energy. 
Your thoughts are a small bank of energy. If you think about it, your stored thoughts must be a needle in a haystack or a grain of sand on Bondi Beach compared to the total amount of thoughts going around the world. If everybody owns thoughts, they are 7 billion investors in a bank. What a bank of thoughts you would have if everyone who owns their thoughts, like a wallet filled with cash, invested in your bank. And this is called religion, product brand, business culture, communities, and mindset. Just like the banking industry we have, a single investor cannot make a bank strong but millions of investors, people with common thoughts, can make a huge bank. Those not my king thinkers in the UK are such a group. But there are others like the Russian president who can muster thought against another country and transform that thought into war, action. It still begins with a thought. So, blame is suggesting that the origin of an action came from a source other than ourselves. It's like saying that person raided my bank and stole my thoughts. But there's a question, how did they get the combination to your safety deposit box? If you don't give someone the key, they can steal your thoughts, or energy, or be blamed. So, you are in control of your thoughts and if you give someone the key, get angry at them, blame them, feel obligated to them, fear them, that's on you. No blame can come from nothing. Your thoughts can empower the person you blame. That's your point of origin. You are the thinker, those are your thoughts you gave away. There is a bank however where you can borrow without interest. It is a bank that is so huge that your withdrawals don't even register and so it's a huge resource available to you if you can tap into it. And with those thoughts you can build, change the form of those thoughts, into whatever you want. You can advertise, you can make a money bank, you can create whatever you choose. Just like the Big Bang was a thought and then became a form called the universe, you can start with just a thought and through certain steps borrow from the thought bank to build whatever you want. But remember, you are borrowing it. It's only temporary, whatever you build will eventually return to the thought bank. Even the great pyramids are, grain by grain, returning the thoughts that created them, back to the thought bank. So let's call this process of turning thoughts into universes the process of creation. Maybe that sounds familiar. First, realize that the amount of thought energy you have in the bank is not enough to build much, but you can use your thought energy to get yourself alone. So, you can't build what you might want to build with your own energy, it's not enough. So you need to tap into the big resource. For some this is a belonging to a family where they are believed in and so there's a family resource. For others it's a crowd applauding. For others it's a market buying. And for others it's just the thoughts of a spouse or even their children's approval. Whatever it is, whatever we are attached to, is ultimately the thought energy bank we are borrowing from to build. The biggest bank with the least interest to pay for borrowing thought energy is the universal one, and its branch here on earth, nature. You can borrow from this bank without interest. It's an intelligence that has vast supplies, vast, and you can borrow on very small interest with very long repayment programs. Like the pyramids, thousands of years. You can borrow from the Christian thought bank too, but the interest is a little higher and repayment plans are a bit more strict. So, the universe is a low interest, zero actually, vastly long-term borrowing resource. How do you tap into the universe bank of thought energy in order to manifest? 1. You have to apply. There's no use worrying about finding pennies on the footpath when you want infinite wealth, so it pays you to look up and ask the universe for energy. 2. You will need to get out of your constricted bubble of head space in order to make a withdrawal. The words I and my need to be used less and the words they and the future used more. We call it purpose greater than self. 3. Your stories have to change. And this is where we are going to spend the remainder of this blog and podcast. This is not filled with atoms is filled with stories. When you wake in the morning how do you explain what happened to you yesterday? 
And at the end of the day how do you explain what happened to you today and what is going to happen to you? Why are you here breathing and consuming the planet? Do you think it's so that the universe can have another person building a house running a business and going to work on time so they've got a boss who tells them what to do? And ultimately who are you? Are you a bunch of bones walking around surrounded by a layer of skin with a head top worrying about everything that he can't control? Your stories, the answers to those questions are the most important stories you will ever tell your children, your colleagues at work, those who follow you, and of course, yourself. Stories change your energy. Let's say you get a parking ticket and you realize you really parked in the wrong place for too long and been caught. You're going to tell yourself immediately a story. What will that story be? Let's go through a few options, and I've spoken and heard them all. 1. Oh, I am the stupidest person because I've done something ridiculously stupid and now paying the price. 2. Oh, I hate those parking police they are a pack of bastards and vultures just trying to make money out of people who can't afford it. 3. Oh, will you dance with the devil don't be surprised if you get burnt. This is retribution that I deserve for doing something totally stupid. 4. Oh, this is so typical of my bad luck at the moment. 5. Oh, well that'll teach me to park in the wrong place. 6. Oh, well at least I got to park the car even though it's cost me a lot of money. 7. Oh, well I hope the council used this money wisely for something good. It's my donation. 8. Oh, I could have used an Uber and still be way in front financially. 9. Oh, this is the wrath of God for me being mean to somebody at work. 10. Oh well, let it go it's only money. The Buddha. 11. Oh well, if you don't appreciate what you've got you lose it. Can you see from the above list that the story you tell yourself is so ingrained that you don't even know that you're telling a story according to a particular script which is called your belief system and therefore perception. There are those who immediately feel sorry for themselves like they are a victim, there are those who believe that such parking fines are a sign from God that they have done wrong and need to be punished. There are others who say well nothing is ever missing it just changes in form I wonder where I am serving my purpose in this situation, because the universe and the universal laws never fail and are not personal. When something bad happens to us our prescription rises to the surface and dominates the scene. It causes our reaction. That reaction becomes our behavior and our behavior in turn impacts our world. A simple knee-jerk reaction to something bad happening can actually spoil a business career or relationship in a blink. And so, this freedom, this freedom of choice and the ability to perceive things in a way that builds our goals and guides our vision, is a choice every human being makes every time something happens that they don't want. It is all too easy to read a book and say what a very spiritual person you are. It is very easy when the family is happy and everybody is smiling to say how wonderful your life is and how evolved you are. But those are not reality. Those are cosmetic. The real question as to your stories and therefore your deeper core spirituality comes when something doesn't go the way you expected or wanted. I read recently about the life career of the new Prime Minister of England. It is a tumultuous journey which includes having an affair, being publicly ostracized for that affair, switching from the left wing of government to the right wing, and now becoming Prime Minister. Add this to the fact that she is a woman in a man's world of government and bureaucracy in the UK, and there is amazing story. But there is the story hidden inside the story. The story of her husband. In spite of this very public affair, and the humiliation he could have felt as a result of it. He stayed in the relationship. He is still with her and she will call him her backbone. She doesn't mean it like her strength comes from him but she does mean she has a story of somebody who believes in her to the degree that even through the order and chaos of her life, he remained unaffected. No we don't know the details do we? We don't know how much he suffered or how much she suffered. 
But what we do know is that he must have a story about what happened that allows him to put it into a space that no longer humiliate him, no longer breaks his trust for her, no longer agitates him about her, and leaves him with some degree of an open heart and love for her. What that tells you, believe it or not, is the power of the woman, not him. Nobody treat us better or worse and we treat ourselves. And just like with the parking ticket it is so easy to treat ourselves badly. It would have been so easy for the National Prime Minister of England to bury herself in guilt and shame because she was publicly whipped over this. But she didn't and she can't have, because he is still there. Somehow she loved herself through this trauma. Somehow she believed in herself through this trauma. And if you go back and read through her biography you will see that she has continually stood in public for the greater good. She therefore believes in a purpose of her life greater than herself. And here lies the most beautiful aspect of nothing is ever missing just changes in form. If you find your purpose in life to serve the greater good through some aspect of life in the world. Then whether it's a parking ticket, an affair on either side of the coin, somebody being sick or even someone you love passing away, you will move through the grief and you will move through the self-depreciation of suffering in a blink because you believe in what you are born for. However, if your perception is that you are born to have the most amount of sex, the most pleasure, the most fun, the most easy, the most enjoyable, the most friendly, the most peaceful, the most abundant life in personal gratification, then whenever anything goes wrong the story you will tell yourself is one of self-deprecation. This is why with inner wealth, I teach you the universal laws of nature. With the universal laws of nature you have a storytelling theme that is magnificent, stand the test of time, is 100% validated by nature's Bible, exists whether people like it or not, and is proven over and over again to be the difference between the energy taker and the energy giver in the world. Some people, through suffering and pain, find ways to get through hardship in a way that carries the burden or the scars of that hardship for the rest of their living days. This is not the intent of the universe. Everything that happens to us in life is an act of unconditional love by the universe. We are loved by the universe, and nature, and life by evolving us at the border of chaos in order. To the degree that a person sicks the smooth path they will find the rough one. Nothing is sure. And so the longer you study with inner wealth the more of the world you will see the balance in and therefore experience the love which is called the light, which is called the soul, which is called inspiration, which is called enlightenment, which is called grace. So many names for the same thing. But when you experience that in everyday life you know it. As you evolve through inner wealth and the understanding of the universal laws you gain a blessing but you also gain a responsibility. Everything that happens around you can be linked to your purpose, everything that happens around you is order in the chaos, every reaction you have is your failure to witness that order in the chaos and therefore is an opportunity to evolve. This commitment, more important than being a good parent, more important than being a profitable leader, more important than how much money you make on a weekly basis, determines the success and failure of your life when measured six months after your death. Will you be remembered? How would you be remembered? The answer to these questions is determined by the amount of order you see in chaos. It is not the amount of order you have in your life but the amount of order you can find in the chaos of your life which is, experienced, as unwelcome news. This is the measure of your evolution and growth in life. That is the end of this episode. With Spirit. Chris.